Passenger train travel was not known to be particularly dangerous, especially in Europe, where the machines soared like the wind on rigorously sculpted rails that translated to silky smooth rides. There were many departures a day between Geneva and Milan, operated by several railway companies. One could travel early in the morning or later at night. The trains ran at a maximum speed of 200 kilometers per hour, while their passengers napped, worked, binged shows on streaming platforms, or ate and drank in considerable comfort. This particular ride was a bullet-nosed silver Astoro tilt train operated by Trenitalia. None of the hundred-plus passengers was contemplating dying today. Except for one. As far as Travis Devine was concerned, this ride was fraught with peril of the kind that would not send you to a hospital, but rather a half-dozen feet into the cold earth. The source of the danger had nothing to do with the train. It had been ferreted out by his well-honed situational awareness, which had led him to conclude that his life was in imminent jeopardy. The trip from Geneva to Milan contained beautiful scenery. The soaring, snow-capped Swiss Alps, the lush, verdant valleys, immaculate, aromatic vineyards, two pristine lakes, and the quaint, picturesque villages of Europe ladled in between the two venerable cities. Devine cared nothing about this as he sat in his first-class seat, upholstered in brown leather, staring at seemingly nothing, while actually taking in everything inside the train car. And there was a lot to observe. Devine checked his watch. On some trains, this trip could take five hours and a quarter, but he was on an express ride that would do it in just under four. He had 90 minutes of that trip left, and maybe that same number of ticks to live. Devine would have preferred a packed train car, but his tight escape from Geneva had not allowed for any latitude on the travel time. And this early in the morning, there were only three other passengers in the first-class car. The attendants had already been through checking tickets. Despite this being first class, food was not served at the seat, but there was a dining car between the first and second class sections. The attendants were now off somewhere else, as the train had settled into the second half of its journey south. Alpha, Bravo, and Charlie. It was how the former U.S. Army Ranger Devine referred to the three other passengers. Two men, one woman. Not passengers, at least not to him adversaries, bogeys, the enemy. The men were sitting together in seats facing each other, forward of Divine's position near the front of the car. The woman was on the other side of the aisle, two up from him. She looked like a student. Textbooks stacked high, a bulky rucksack and a storage rack behind her. She was drawing something in a sketchbook. But Divine had been fooled by people posing as students before. The men wore thick overcoats against the climate just outside the slender train windows, overcoats that could hide a lot. Devine had gotten up and gone to the bathroom twice now, but only once to relieve himself. The other was solely for recon. He had also gotten some food in the dining car and brought it back to his seat. Each time after returning, Devine had glanced at his gear bag, which was behind him on a luggage rack. And the third time, he saw what he thought he would. On his phone, he brought up his train's journey, saw its exact route, its progression, and most critically, its timing. Of particular note was the Simplon Tunnel, which they would enter after passing through the Swiss town of Brig. 
When they exited the tunnel, they would be in Italy. The article he was now reading said that the tunnel was 12 miles long and would take the train eight minutes to pass through. The tunnel had opened in 1906 and had given its name to perhaps the most famous train in the world, the Simplon Orient Express. Devine wasn't interested in the history. He was focused on the tunnel.